0: Welcome everyone to the latest exciting episode of the Bolt from the Boo podcast. What a fascinating game that was and uh, we're still uh, processing it, I guess. But um, anyway, let's uh, just welcome the, the the two guys that we have with us. First of all, uh, Ray, how are you doing, Ray?
1: I'm not too bad, not too bad. Thank you so so much. Uh, sunny Manchester, well, looking out my window, it's a bit cloudy now. Uh, let's hope for some sunshine tomorrow.
0: Mhm, and we've also got Bernard. Bernard, how are you doing?
2: I'm fine. Sunny Manchester. It's been raining for the last six hours here, but I—I hey, don't know what, what part of Manchester you're from, there, mate. I mean, well, I'm not really Manchester now. I'm posh. I mean, I'm in Alteringham so I'm I'm you're, Cheshire, Cheshire you're, set. now right. you south. You're Cheshire south House north. husbands. The Cheshire yeah. House <laughs> husbands. <laughs> well,
1: I'm, a, I'm a bit further north than you. It's it's uh, you know we've got to keep up that pretense that. And Manchester's always sunny.
0: I'm wonderful.
2: Thank you for asking anyway. Thank
0: you. Well, uh, this was a fascinating game against two seemingly um, evenly matched teams. Uh, Let's take a look at the lineups, Bernard. So we had Ederson Walker. A lot of people were interested in that choice. Stones, Diaz, Akanji, Rodri, Gunduan. No... No kind of controversy so far. De Bruyne, Silva, Greenish, and Holland on the bench. Ortega, Carson, Phillips, Laporte, Alvarez, Gomez, Maris, Foden, Hammer, and Lewis. What did you think there, Bernard?
2: Well, a lot of all the teams people were putting up, and I, I sort of put mine up, and I think everyone's. Every- everyone I saw on on Twitter. Uh, came up with that 11, so I got 11 out of 11, but I'm not going to brag about it because everyone else seemed to be picking the same team. What I will brag about, though, is the fact I got the score right. I did predict 1-1, so I'll, I'll take that. I'll take 11 out of 11 and a 1-1. I think uh, I, I went beyond beyond the call of duty with this one this week.
0: What did you think, uh, Ray?
2: Yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty much
1: uh, as I think most of us would have expected, the fact that... Aki was injured. The fact that Laporte isn't anywhere near the first team it, and Lewis's was very unlikely to play against Real Madrid in the semi-final of the Champions League. That left you with four defenders. They were picked. you got to have Rodri. You, and I think the best team that Pep, Pep thinks is the best is having Bernardo on the right, Katie being uh, Gundogan, Grealish on the left and Haaland up front. Um, so it, it wasn't...
2: And it was, it was, of course, the Bayern Munich team without Aki. So, I mean, that was a guide, the two, two, two games against Bayern Munich, which he stuck with. And obviously, with no Aki, he just switched that about. Yeah. So, there's no, no surprises.
0: Okay, guys. Well, let's look at the Real Madrid team, because that was interesting. We had uh, Courtois, Carval, Rudiger, who apparently everyone thug, in the world thug. says...
2: Rudiger the thug.
0: Yeah. yeah, the guy that apparently did a did a job on Holland, um, Alaba, Camavinga. That's an interesting player, Ray. We'll talk about him a wee bit later. Um, Valverde, uh, Tony Cruz, uh, Modric must be about forty five years old now. Uh, Rodrigo, that's the that's the killer guys. That's the one that did for us last time. Uh, Benzema and uh, yeah, Vinicius Junior. That was a strong lineup. Wasn't it, Bernard?
2: Yeah, it's just that it's only the, the centre-half. Is it Matt? How do you pronounce his name? The, the guy who was suspended. He was the only one missing, really. I mean, apart from that, he was the strongest. Is Maritai, is it? What is it? I don't know. Ray, do you know what it's called? The guy who got suspended? Uh, dirty Bastardo. <laughs> that was that was Rudiger, wasn't it? That's yeah. the rest of the team. Well, he's av- he's available next week anyway. The guy that was suspended for this one, it was just a, a top. Uh, a yeah, um, and I think you're talking about Militao. That's the one, Militao, Yeah, that's the that's the guy. I, I, I was glad someone said it right because you know me in names. I'm not I'm not very good, but uh, yeah, strong team. Um, watching a bit. I was watching a bit of the. Highlights of stuff before in the build-up to the game and when you watch little bits and pieces you think how the hell are we going to beat this team they look very very good don't they but uh, yeah he, he had his best team out and uh, Dirty Madrid I call him now Mike I, 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 but we used to call Dirty Leeds Dirty Leeds affectionately back in the 70s back in the day and uh, based on last night I'm going to call this uh, Dirty Madrid now as well Well they've got
0: that wily old fox don't they that, that manager Uh, who's won the the Champions League about three times, I think, Ray. Um, Was was it with four
1: different clubs or five different clubs?
0: Right. And uh, even on the bench, they had players like uh, Chouameni and... How can you win it three times with
1: five
2: different clubs? He's won it more than three times. (laughs) Well, well, I will I will do the research and tell you. Yeah, yeah, so just say we, we, we don't want our listeners to think, What the hell are these guys? Don't know what they're talking about. Oh, no, <laughs> they know Mike, even on, uh,
1: Bernard. They know Mike doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> <but> <laughs> bring into it. Well, you know, well, I'm going well, to wrap them off. Well, to wrap well yeah, go on. League, no, go on. no, okay, then. Well, honors as a Champions League manager. Okay, um, he won the Champions League with AC Milan as a manager, back in 2003, 2007. So he's done that twice. He won with uh, Real Madrid, obviously. He's won uh, the Champions League how many times? Twice? Because this is it's not his president. Uh, is that it? He's won it five, uh, four times? Maybe not. As, <laughs> has he won it as a player as well? Uh, yeah, I think as a uh, uh, you ask, you make him work hard now, right? He won, <laughs> I thought I'd heard he'd won it, it as a player as well. No, I mean as a player, he played for he only played mainly for for Roma. Uh, All
2: right, okay. I thought I'd heard, heard he'd won it as a
1: player. I'm out of misread. He won, it, he, he won it at AC Milan. Sorry, he won it. Oh right, okay. Yeah. He won it at AC Milan. So he's won it twice as a player, mm-hmm. if I if I'm right, and he's won it twice as AC one, yeah, twice as AC Milan manager. And twice as Real Madrid manager, he's got six at least. So he's, he's not done bad. He's not done yeah. bad.
0: Okay, clever clocks. Um, uh, there, there is a player underneath him who's won it three times. One's English, and one is um, uh, of another nationality. I <laughs> uh, don't want to give it away. Do you know who they are? Well, who's won
1: it three times? Yeah. Uh, certainly not Klopp. Uh, has Mr. Ferguson won it
0: twice or thrice?
2: No, three oh, times we're talking twice. about. Yeah, he's only won it twice,
0: Fergie, any. Um, I'll tell you that the Englishman was actually from the northeast. I think.
1: Oh, dude, uh, um,
2: um, um, no, no, it's not. Robson? No, Robson. <laughs> he, <is. Sorry. laughs> he went abroad, didn't he? Didn't he manage European teams? No, so we, well,
1: yeah, sorry, guys, he's a, liver, he's a Liverpool manager. Liverpool manager Ferguson won it twice, didn't he? Zidane's won it three times at Madrid. That's one of them.
0: Uh, I'm and I think he's a Geordie, he was a Geordie manager of Liverpool. Oh,
2: right. not Paisley, was it?
0: It was, it was Bob oh, Paisley. Right,
2: okay.
0: He won it three well, Bob times. Paisley,
1: Bob Paisley
0: was,
2: was yeah. It? I think you've got,
1: I think you, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, are you but, gonna argue? Are you gonna argue with the BBC? No, I'm not alone. No, I'm,
2: I'm
1: not <laughs> no, I was just making sure he was a Geordie because you you know, I don't want you to get. I have, I
2: have in my mind that he was Scottish, that's what confused me, but obviously, he probably was a Geordie.
0: Yeah, guys, a- Bob Paisley was the Geordie of Geordies. He's not the king of the Geordies because that was Dennis Stewart, but he won it three times and Zidane won it three times. Um, a lot of people thought that uh, Zidane was phoning it in, but anyway. Those are the three. Anyway, let's get into the game, guys, because this was this was fascinating because it seemed like, uh, Bernard, it seemed like that uh, Real Madrid were quite happy to let City dominate possession and they were hoping that they were going to get like a, a dynamite uh, counterattack. That's how it seemed to me. Did you disagree?
2: That's what they do. Uh, it's, it's sort of well known this season. They, they obviously use the pace up front, and they they prefer, even though obviously a lot of games they do have a lot of possession. They do prefer to counter attack, and and that's how he set he set the team up, and it sort of worked quite well, didn't it? Certainly for the first uh, quarter of the game, uh, it, it, the plan the plan worked because we had a lot of the ball. But I say, we we rail we'll talk about a couple of. Uh, good long range chances, but uh, sort of half chance. We didn't do anything, you know, that was made you go wow. And Courtois had his hands uh, burnt a couple of times, but uh, yeah, it, it went reasonably well for him. Certainly for that first uh, twenty two, twenty three minutes. Even though we had lots about eighty percent possession, uh, we couldn't find the net. Sixty eight percent in the first half, I think. Um, yeah, but I mean, the first 20 minutes, I
1: think right, it was up yeah, in the air. Yeah,
2: yeah. We, were,
1: yeah, yeah. We, we, we were on fire that first 20. 20- well, when I say on fire, in terms of possession,
0: we had a lot of possession. But we didn't Right it. Ray, make- here's, an, here's an interesting quote that you might uh, be interested in uh, commenting on. Uh, not a very nice one from a fellow called Jeff Sachs. He says, just as everyone as, uh, overestimates Pep and underestimates Ancelotti, so the same can be said concerning Real and City. Best team in the world? Please. Who are the champions of the Champions League? Who knocks City out? City are chokers. They cannot win, even with Holland. What do you wow. say to that, Ray? Wow. You know, you know, I mean, who poked a uh, porcupine up his backside?
2: I mean,
1: I, I can't understand. <laughs> you know, obviously, he's a uh, <coughs> brother, uh, I've never I've
2: never heard such negativity against City by any journalist. <laughs> What's going on? No, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, we've got to accept
1: some home truths. I, I I think some of the players were nervous. They made we made plenty of mistakes. It wasn't a polished, polished city performance. Um, I've said it for the last few weeks. If we play at our top level, we blow any side out of the water. But we don't always play at our top level. Um, and uh, I, I think a few players, as I said, were nervous. The mistakes, some, some short passes, some poor flicks, poorly thought, thought out, poorly executed in bad areas of the pitch to do it. Because Real Madrid were not generally going to do something remarkable to um, destroy us. They were relying on our mistakes. They were relying on hitting us on the break. And, you know, they did that a few times. Um, and so in, in those instances, you've got to be so careful with possession. And that's one of the reasons why we had so much possession. And yes, a lot of it wasn't in great areas and it was slow. Um, I think a few things we didn't want to lose. Pep didn't want to lose the game. So keep it tight, which I understand It's one of those things. I would have much preferred to be a bit more attacking, to go for it, to pass the ball quicker, to move quicker. But hey, if you do that and you lose 3-0, you get criticised. So Pep, I think, erred on the side of caution. I hope next week we batter them. We come out nice and early and hit them hard uh, and and play on the front foot and play with a bit more aggression, a bit more power, a bit more physicality, a bit more pace, a bit more directness uh, and don't give them a chance. But as I said, I, I really do believe a few players had some a little gentle mental scars from last year because we should have been in the final last year. We should have been winning it, and um, you know, rather the death they, they took it away from us, and I, and I think some of them haven't forgotten that.
0: Yeah, Bernard, what do you think about that? Uh, a lot of people were saying that um, there was a wee bit of a psychological advantage for them because they did us in the. 91st and the 92nd minute uh, last time, but it didn't seem to affect uh, uh, two players I thought that were quite good for Madrid, which was the goalkeeper Courtois and uh, Vinicius Junior, who seems seems to be a bit of a player then.
2: Yeah, I mean Courtois, Courtois is one of those keepers that you can be absolutely, you can win games, you can win three points, you can win a cup final, if you can, I think, oh, was it Liverpool, yes, Liverpool, he was outstanding wasn't he in the the final last season but he is you know he can be got at. he can make mistakes he's not perfect he's probably probably at his peak now Uh, I've seen him obviously when he was playing a few years ago and we saw more of him I didn't I didn't rate him Brilliant, you know that highly. He's obviously uh, improved with age, as most of us do. Well, apart from Ray, obviously, but most of us do improve a little bit with age. But uh, yeah, he's you got you got you know we have to score a cracker to get it past him. We'll talk about that. And Vinicius Junior. Well, uh, before they got the goal, he, he very nearly, very nearly set one up, only for the quick thinking of of Diaz. To save it going across to Benzema, who's hiding behind him, Uh it's a great. He's got pace, and this we all a, a, a player with pace who, who can get get behind players and get that crossing rather than take the shots himself. I'm all for that. You know, I, I we have a certain player who had great pace, but he didn't know what to do with it once he got behind players and stuff like that. But yeah, he's a great player. Obviously, we'll talk about uh, what he did to us uh, very soon. I think.
0: Ray, I think that there is absolutely no doubt, and even you can't disagree with this, that there there were three outstanding players for Man City, and that would be um, Ruben Diaz, Ederson, and Kyle Walker. And my gosh, I was really glad for the first time in my life, I was really glad that Kyle Walker was playing for us tonight because he um, snuffed out about 90% of what was coming down that side, he was very, 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 very good. But Re- Ruben Diaz was, was a hero, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, he, he made some very timely challenges, interceptions. Um, yeah, he's, I, I can't argue with you, mate. You, for once, you, you're spot on. Uh, with your For once <laughs>
2: Well the thing about Diaz is he, he, he gets on with defending he lets the akanjis and the Stoneses and all these other guys up the pitch into the midfield and Diaz just gets on with organising himself and then obviously organises everybody else when, when we're under pressure when they have to fall back into position and that's, yeah. that's, that's what he's there for he, he's not there to sort of dink a ball over to KDB to dink it over to someone else he's there to get his body in the way, and he tried very hard to get his body in the way of a, of a goal, didn't he? But yeah. obviously, he had no chance of getting in the way of that one. It was a cracking shot. But uh, as, you, as Ray said, that Diaz is Diaz is just he gets a lot. He gets sticky, he makes errors. Who doesn't? Who doesn't make errors? And the trouble is because he's at the he's the last man usually. If he does make an error, it can it can be lethal for us. But uh, yeah, I, I'd have him. I'd pick him every game. Every as long as he's fit, he'd play every game for me.
0: Yeah. yeah guys it was it, it 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 was a real game of cat and mouse and uh, as i said before uh, i think most people agree um ancelotti was quite happy for city to have the ball and uh, the real madrid goal was really against the run of play i, I thought um, i don't know if you thought the same but this was on the 36th minute i think city were definitely the better side But, like, out of nothing, you've got that guy, Kamavinga. I'm a big fan of this guy. I mean, he he looks a a player. And uh, him and Modric combining uh, to set up uh, Vinicius Jr., that was a a bullet strike. And uh, I don't know what you thought about that, um, Bernard. How did that make you feel?
2: Yeah, because as you said, it was against run runner play, and they had come into it a little bit. Uh, probably because Rudiger had done his uh, body check and tried to take Gundogan out of the game uh, on the twenty-eight minutes. And I, th- I think that sort of the break did them a lot of good. I, I think it stopped any sort of flow. Obviously, they had that chance with Benzema and Vinicius Junior, we just talked about. But then 28 minutes, I think. I think the break in the game. I, I think that turned it Madrid's way. I think it worked for them. So not only are they dirty, dirty Madrid, but you know, <laughs> you know, they know when to do it to break a game up to come back into it, and that's exactly what they did because we never quite got the control back. And on 36 minutes, as you said, I'll let I'll let Ray describe the goal. Uh, you know. Kamavinga comes running, running that runs after pitch with a little bit of interplay with Modric. No, no one wants to get a tackle in. Um, perhaps someone should have got a foul in somewhere on the line. He wouldn't have been booked because the referee wasn't booking anyone at that stage. So perhaps we should have some, done some of the dark arts ourselves. We didn't. Yeah. And I'll go over to Ray to describe uh, what happened then. Well, I think- Ray,
0: we, we we were really calling out for Fernandinho there, weren't we? but he wasn't you, there. We needed someone
1: to do something. Uh, and look. Uh, I, one of the reasons that no one could do anything because Vinicius Jr. is pretty fast, okay? So that was obviously uh, not in our favour. And from where he was, what, 25 yards? out, I don't think anybody was expecting him to shoot and to shoot so effectively, so powerfully. I think someone said it was measured at 100 kilometres an hour or something ridiculous. So he absolutely leathered that and Edison didn't stand a chance. But, uh, you know, I think someone should have bounced him off the ball, given a cheap free kick away, uh, a soft one. But, you know, whilst the guy's running at your defence, you've got to be doing something. Uh, we didn't do anything. We just let him go. I think Staunton turned sideways trying to, you know... In, in this day and age, you, you can't just stand with your chest out at the ball because you, you're worried about where your arms are. So he ends up turning... It, it, it's, it's so annoying, this handball thing. Um, but I think somebody else should have... You know, I don't like cheating. You know, Madrid do it a lot. But I think if we if we had someone charging through like that, they'd have brought him down. No no question. They'd have brought him down, uh, regrouped uh, and uh, come back uh, uh, you know, in, in, in a better position uh, rather than we were well out of position, you know, and, and we were hit uh, with a sucker punch.
0: Yeah, Bernard, I, I think uh, most um, City fans agree. Uh, if Fernandinho had have been there... He would have clipped him and then given that gorgeous smile to the referee. Um, but we didn't have him there, and we didn't have anyone who could stop him.
2: No, it was a cracker. We would just get on to Edison. There's a few people blamed him, not many, just one or two blamed him for that. But no, no goalkeeper on earth is is getting to that. Not not as as Ray said. There, it was sort of unexpected although you know obviously we'll see it with our effort in the second half you know, you can never say anything's unexpected when you've got great players on the ball who can smack the ball uh, it was brilliant I mean I don't know how many sort of long range efforts he scores in a season with obviously KDB's half of his Champions League goals have been from outside the box I'm not too sure what the what the stats are on Vinicius Junior. But, yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, to go a goal behind was, was shattering, but there's not nothing you could do about that one. It, it It's just a brilliant goal.
0: Ray, I think everyone was interested in uh, observing what uh, Jack Grealish would do on this big stage. He's never been on that kind of stage before. And uh, we Where's were all wondering year? how... Oh, I've got uh, to see
1: well, he, Mike, he... I've got to stop you there, mate. He was here last year uh, against Real Madrid in the semi-final of the Champions League. Not quite,
0: not quite so prominent, though. But I mean, in this particular game, he was a super um, sub. That
2: wasn't a super sub, wasn't he?
0: How how did you How did you feel? He um, He got all against uh, these stellar players from Real Madrid. Honestly, he was shy. Yeah, he was shy. There you go. Oh, Ray, that's very, very
1: harsh. No, you you asked me, and that's what I thought. He he wasn't even the nearly man. He wasn't in. You know, okay. Let, let let me think back. How many times did he get in a, a good shot and are in a position to have a good shot? How many times did he put in a telling cross? How many times did he put in a, a, a wonderful through ball? I don't think he contributed that much. What he did do most of the time was keep the ball, keep possession, but he gave it away cheaply as well. You know, and I, I think, as I said earlier, players had nerves. It was one corner, KDB put a short corner to, to Grealish, and Grealish, I think he, he, I think he underhit the pass back. So KDB wanted to, you know, have the ball so he uh, running rolling onto him so he could cross it in, and he couldn't because uh, Grealish had done a poor pass, and it happened a few times, not just with Grealish, with a few other players. I just don't think he was very good yesterday. Uh, I've said to Bernard a couple of times today that we were chatting. Um, um, that I want wingers who've got pace. Grealish hasn't got that. He's always cutting inside. He's very rarely going on the outside because he can't beat a player on the outside because he's not fast enough. And that's one area that, uh, you know, I think we we, we struggled. You know, um, I want wingers. I hark back. I hark back to Sane and Sterling, knowing that we could just imagine you've got Vinicius Jr. and Rodrigo playing for City. We set them uh, running. They run at the defender, get past them, and the defence are all running back. They pop the ball in to Haaland, who's running forward, six foot five. He's got the pi- power, the height, the strength, the agility to get onto the end of the cross. That's what I want to see. Teams, are, because we're slowing it down, we're very rarely getting behind the uh, opposition. We're not utilising Haaland in, in that way. What In the actual actually the way we were doing earlier in the season when he was getting onto some phenomenal crosses um we're not doing it so I want more I'm always
2: I'm a very demanding person I think I think, I think Ray if you look at Grealish, though do you think he was playing because last night I thought he could have done one of these runs where he runs into the middle you know um because he looked yeah. a bit exposed at times in that middle of the pitch I thought whether perhaps Pep had him under instruction just to sort of play as he played. I know it sounds yeah. daft, but just, you know, not to... He didn't have as much of a free reign, perhaps, as he gets in some some games. So, I agree with you. He wasn't great, but I think he was sort of reined in a little bit last night. I agree, Bernard, because he's a bit... I think
1: in these Champions League games, you don't want to lose the ball. You don't want to lose the ball, which is why I think Bernardo was there. And probably Grealish, because I think Foden would lose it a little bit more. Um, and Grealish wasn't his usual exuberant self. He wasn't. Uh, he didn't show his personality, as they call it, on on the uh, on the ball as much as he does. You know, I think he enjoyed the game. He said, you know, he said something like that. You know, this is this is the stage to play playing and stuff. Um, so he enjoys the game, but I don't think he expressed himself the way he has been doing in the last
0: 12, 15 games this season, where oh, wow. he's been dangerous. Well, guys, there's there's definitely room for disagreement. Uh, I, I'm going to have to disagree with the with the two fellas here. I thought that he stood up very well against some of these world pl- world class players, but we we can let that go. But I tell you what, guys, I think that all of us can kind of agree on this point. Tony Cruz is a dirty sod, isn't he? I mean, I I I I can't remember the number of times for someone that's supposed to be a talented ball player. He was like a he, he was a dirty thug in that game. I, I don't know what you thought about that, Bernard, but I that that I no, noticed he, that several yeah, times.
2: You got Cruz, you got Rudigan, you got that that well to go back to Grealish, you got Carver Hall, haven't you? You I mean, what the hell was that? You know, he shouldn't have even been on the pitch after sending Grealish into the advertising boards. That was just before half time. Not not much happened after the goal. I don't think we ever got a grip of it. Well, that was shocking. I mean, there's three players for a... You know, this is why it's Dirty Madrid. That's what I'm going to call them now because that, that for me, uh, you watch it back and I'm sure Grealish was in or around the box. I mean... it, it was a foul. It, you know, he deliberately went into his back and can cause. I mean, we've seen United players do that, Old Trafford to City players, many times over the years. That's one of their little tricks with the sloping where the pitch is. Robertson's sloped. one of the worst, well, isn't it? The Liverpool. Yeah, Liverpool yeah. as well. Liverpool, where it's very close to the pitch. We do it all the time, and it's happened to City players time and time again. Uh, we very rarely get our own back on that because we don't really do that sort of thing. We do occasionally do things, but you know, I won't go further back in time and talk about certain players. But you know, it was ridiculous. I mean, you talk—you know—the two, the two guys, the three. Got, there's three of them for a the start who should have been at least booked, and and probably could have been sent off. I, that that Carvajal on, on Grealish. It was just an attack and, you know, it wasn't even a shoulder charge, was it? We got done for a shoulder charge from someone in the second half. That, that was a shoulder right in the back, deliberately going into the... I've, I don't think Grealish was hurt. I think he was fine. I think he was making the most of it. Sometimes he does. But that, that was ridiculous. But as I said, I'm uh, not, not impressed at all with Real. This is how they won 14 Champions League titles. They can keep it for me. I'd rather just win one the proper way.
0: Well, guys, uh, interesting statistics at the end of that first half. Seventy-two percent possession for Man City, but of course, Real scored the goal. And this is how this is the fear that I have, you know, maybe going into the second game. But at least that'll be in front of fifty or sixty thousand Man City fans instead of you know the whole uh, Real Madrid contingent and their fourteen uh, league titles. But. Um, Anyway, everyone was um, saying that Man City had blinked first. Um, and uh, going into the second half, Ray, were you confident that um, an equalizer was coming or did you think that um, we were going to get knifed again?
1: The way that second half started, um, you know, there was a, a, a phase in that game where they were very much on top, very much on top. And uh, you were a little bit, a little bit concerned uh, for City. Um, you well, know, they had a good spell of play, uh, but fortunately, we, we kind of got over that, got around that, um, and we got back into some sort of rhythm. And having said that, Bernard, hopefully, if I remember it correctly, we scored slightly against the runner play as well. You know, I don't think um, they really deserved Um, what uh, you know, uh,
2: the goal. Well, sorry, we'd maybe not have deserved it uh, as it happened to us, yeah. Because I watched John tell him eight little notes, and literally before we scored the goal, I said, Our backs are backs to the wall here, guys. This is a struggle,
0: guys. It was interesting because I think between about the 55th and the 65th minute, they were on top. Yeah,
2: There's no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah, we but started. Then- we actually started the half quite well. The second half, we had some sort of control. But actually, I think they had about four corners on the trot. They were yeah. appealing for handballs, left, right, and centre. There must have been about three handball calls. None, none of which were anywhere near handball. But of course, that's when Ancelotti started his moaning and groaning there period, uh, which led to him getting booked eventually with various things. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was hard work.
0: Uh, now listen uh, guys uh, and and listeners you have to realize that we're not playing Burnley this time, we're not playing Liverpool we're not playing Man United, this is a world class team who knew exactly what to do in these kinds of situations, they were definitely dominant from 55 to 65 and uh, they were lording it but then all of a sudden, wabum, uh Kevin De Bruyne that's Grealish to Gunduan to De Bruyne and that was an absolutely majestic strike, uh, Ray. It, it was like a snooker shot, wasn't it?
1: Oh, it was it was belter. And again, Courtois, uh, like Edison before him, had no real chance. It was hit, going away uh, from um, um, Courtois. Uh, he, just, he just didn't have a chance. It was a spanker of a shot, as, uh, as I'm going to call it, a spanker. Uh, And KDB's good at that, you know, smacking it in from outside the box. Uh, That's it,
0: mate. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Bernard, uh, something very interesting happened on that goal. You saw the normally um, very, very calm uh, Ancelotti getting a yellow card because he thought the ball had gone out of play. I didn't see that personally. What did you think?
2: Yeah, I mean I'll just just quickly mention that it was Rodri who nicked the ball in the first place, yeah. wasn't it? Did it? leading up to the goal, which was excellent from that's what we get from Rodri, and it put him on the sort of back foot, if you like, but a great goal. Yeah, it was yeah, they were trying to I was looking at the timeline and looking back this morning, just just checking things, and obviously they were a bit confused. They thought it was cause that a shot had hit stones hand. It wasn't particularly handball, but we got a goal kick for it, didn't we? And It should have been a corner. So they're a bit angry about that. And then Bernardo apparently kept, uh, kept a ball. We didn't really notice it while it was in play. And I didn't see any animation when it actually happened particularly. But of course, it was being sport, did this 3D visual thing yeah. that showed it was over the line. So... But at the end of the day, VAR doesn't get involved in stuff like that. It's up to the referee and the linesman. So there's nothing it can do about that. Like anything, you know, goal kicks can be corners, corners can be goal kicks. The ball can go out of play. It's, it's subjective. You can't use VAR. So the fact they come up with a three D thing of it was absolute crap anyway. And obviously, this added to the handballs, This added to the fact that. About 45 seconds later, KDV smashed one in. Uh, Mr. Ancelotti lost it and he ended up uh, getting booked. And as I say, I, I don't know if he's a, usually a calm guy. I, I, he looks as though he is to me. But uh, yeah, he got in the book and he, was, he could have been nearly got sent off, I would have thought, because he kept going on about it for, for quite a long time. But we were back in the game. Uh, and from there, you, you'd think at least we're not going to lose it. But uh, yeah, it's... Uh, uh, Mr. Angelotti wasn't very happy.
0: Ray, that was very interesting because I think that's the first time. Um, I, I stand to be corrected, but I think that's the first time that Angelotti has got uh, booked. He, you know, Angelotti, very famous for that that raised eyebrow, eye, eyebrow you know, and um, he absolutely lost it. And I, I, I'm not. I don't really understand why. Yeah. Um, look. It's part of
1: the dark arts. Some of it, I think, is, is theatrics. It's part of the dark arts. You go ballistic, apoplectic with uh, anger and stuff and uh, uh, and disbelief so that the referee and the linesman maybe start questioning themselves. Did we get that wrong? Maybe the next 50-50 call goes in your favour. It's all about conning the ref and, and, and trying to get uh, some small advantage from what you're doing. So, It's just part of the way it is. So I I, I just think that's an exaggeration from him. Um, So I'm I'm, I'm not going to worry too much about it.
0: Mm. This is where this is where Ederson really uh, began to come into his own a little bit, uh, Bernard, because there was um, uh, a curled uh, ball from Cruz and. Benzema just rises up over the top of Diaz and everyone else and plants a header that you thought was going to be a goal but that was a wonderful block and Ederson was fantastic in that moment.
2: Yeah, we started to get a bit touchy. I think a few minutes before that, Gundogan had lost the ball on the edge of the box, trying to be clever and put it over his head, but obviously he ran into another player, ended up fouling Benzema. That was about 71 minutes. And then 78 minutes, yeah, as you say, it was a Bernardo would give a foul away uh, on Camavinga, the three-kick. Um A good international keeper, I would expect to make those saves all day long, but all the criticism (laughs) Edison Edison gets, uh, I thought it was a cracking little save, and uh, it was uh, easily, I mean, I think it was Diazzi beat, wasn't it, in the air, Benzema? Um, Diaz, you know, we, we've been waxing lyrical about Diaz, but he was well beaten for that. Uh, and a great save from Edison, a great international keeper save. That's what he is. He's an international goalkeeper. And he, and he, did, he did his job perfectly.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people would say, although they didn't say it, uh, that that was a good um, professional performance away from home, Ray.
1: Um, Look... And overall, you'd say yes. You know, we pretty much kept it tight. We didn't take too many risks um, overall. And although I think KDB took a couple towards the end of trods into the game, which Bernard wasn't happy about, uh, <laughs> he wanted him to game management. It. Where's the game, game management, KDB? Make
2: it to the corners, <laughs> man. Don't try try fifty yard balls to, that aren't going to get through to Ireland. But the tr- the truth is, we. Most of us would have taken
1: that before the game. Look, I, I wanted to win. I wanted to win by a couple of goals. I wanted to show our dominance uh, the same way I wanted to be uh, Bayern Munich home and away. I want us to show our dominance. But like everything, games, like, you know, if you win overall by one goal, you know, that's all that matters. I was talking to Bernard earlier today and I said Liverpool have won, I think, the last six games by the odd goal, you know. And and that's all that matters is
2: that they oh, quite interesting, it. isn't it? The last the last five Champions League games, we've drawn them away from home. The last the last five games we played, mm-hmm. which is a different style for City, isn't it? Let's let's be fair. Well, you know, not wanting to put the mockers on it, we've got a fantastic home record.
1: Mm-hmm. We haven't lost for a long, long time for years. So, you know, most of us will t- will take that. I think you've got to be churlish and greedy to say you want, you know, you're disappointed with getting a one-one. You know, we've got to come back to the Etihad, Real Madrid will have 3,000 fans. City will have 50,000. Uh, we have to make a lot of noise. I, I'm, I wish for once we could make that noise throughout the game, despite what's happening, you know? Um, and you've heard uh, football commentators say that the noise, it's, you know, the fan noise at City is better than it used to be in the atmosphere and everything else. I want it to be through the roof. It's got to be one of our top games. You know, it's got to be like if Bernard remembers the, the, the,
2: Right hey, just going to just start with what what what's th- I've never got to the bottom of what this cock-up was last week with the selling of the tickets okay. what, what exactly happened I mean I, I'm not too sure okay uh, you
1: have got various different categories of fan. okay you got the season card holders which you and I are season card holders that means we go to every game you've <coughs> got you've also then you've got match day members so these match day members don't have a season card but they can apply for tickets uh, to games uh, to home games uh, then you've got the cup scheme so you can be on various cup schemes we've got the uh, the league cup scheme the FA cup scheme and the Champions League cup scheme and so I think the way it works is if you're on the cup scheme if you're on the Champions League cup scheme you're automatically getting a ticket automatically you get a ticket if and uh, this is the first year in ages I haven't been on the Champions League cup scheme because I just wasn't going to many games uh, the, the, in the uh, in, in the knockout stages uh, or sorry in the, in the group stages so you if um so yeah so initially cup scheme people get their tickets then it goes on to the season card holders okay i got my ticket very quickly after it came out because it went to season card holders then it went to then it went on open sale to match day members now people weren't happy because they said you could have joined Paid your money about thirty quid and become a matchday member on that day. Applied for a ticket and got a ticket. That's why people were unhappy. They said what it should have been. You should they should have had some criteria where you had to have some purchase history in the Champions League this season, to, and you should have got priority. So some people said, "Well, I went to all three group games. I went to the round of sixteen, the quarterfinal. I've been to five games, and uh, I didn't get a ticket." and People who hadn't been to any games, and they said, you know, obviously when tickets are sold, a lot of them go, get touted out. You know, they sold on secondary sites for humongous amounts of money. And fans have said that streams of tickets were available. I'm not sure if it was more than normal or not, but aggrieved fans said it was all, you know, people were just joining, paying the 30 quid, buying a ticket and for whatever 60 or 70 quid, and then selling it for three or four hundred quid or more. So that's the gripe for the Champions League. There's a gripe for the Brentford game because ludicrously, the 18 to 25-year-olds get 5% of the away ticket allowance. Now, if you've got 3,000 tickets, they're getting themselves 150 tickets be- before any other fan, which I-, I personally, you know, people don't agree with me, but I say that's wrong because they're getting an advantage that other fans aren't entitled to simply because of their age. Because You know, there's no o- o- OAP. Ring fence tickets. There's no one oh, because you're 65. will will give you five percent. No, there's there's no. Or you're disabled. will give five percent to the disabled. Or you're uh, you know LGBT. will give you five percent. Or you're black or Asian. will give you. 5%. There's not No other categories get it except them. So I think that's unfair because you what you're doing is you're denying probably best part of 150 fans who've got over 20. In some cases, over 20,000 points. They've been going home and away for years, donkeys years. And when this scheme was first introduced, that allowed fans who were season card holders for the first time to jump to the head of the queue. Some people were going, you know, they were going to certain top-away games, they were going to every away game where in previous seasons they wouldn't have had a chance. And I just don't think that's equitable and fair. Um some people say they're the future. Okay, fair enough. So but what happened was a lot of 18 to 25 year old fans were given Allowed to get tickets for the Brentford game, last game of the season, away from home, uh, in priority over the the points holders, which was the wrong way around. So th- I think they just allowed it to, to too many. That then City retracted those tickets. Some fans said, "Well, we bought uh, travel." Um, I guess in most cases, in some cases, you can get the travel back. I don't know, but it was another cock up. And uh, you know, and and the triumvirate of cock ups was the increase in the ticket uh, season card prices. So. I think City have dropped a major bollock here. They couldn't win whatever they did with the season card prices. If you put it up by 2%, the fans would have said, Well, what you? 2%, that means nothing. You know, you're not getting anything out of 2%. Um, you should have done it at zero. So whatever City did, they're on a hard into nothing. Uh, but in this instance, I think they should have come out and said, We, you know, we think it should be 10%. Mine's gone up by 10% and others might have gone up by more. They should have said, we think it should be 10%, but due to the cost of the living crisis, we're only going to put it up by 5%. I think they would have got more empathy, uh, more understanding from City fans, rather than, there's a, there's a group called City Matters. They make representations to with the club. They have meetings with the club. Um, and there's a lot of fan reps there. They said they don't want the uh, season-type prices to go up. club ignored them. They put the prices up. It's a money... And I've got to say this as I get off my high horse now. It's a money business. I said it several years ago. You will find that as City become more popular, um, there is more money from overseas fans, from, uh, you know, tourist fans, as they call it, than the local fan. My season card, okay, was costing... Last season was costing me 350 quid, okay? Let's call it 20 quid a game for every home game. City can sell my season card if I... Don't go. I can put it on a ticket exchange. Basically give it back to City. They'll give me my 19 pounds fifty or whatever it is. They can sell a top game like Liverpool, Arsenal, Man United. They can sell that for about 70 quid, 65, 70 quid. So and the other games, some of the other games they'll sell it for 50 or 55. City can sell my season card if they sold the 19 tickets individually for over a thousand pounds a season. They'll make six hundred and fifty quid out of my season card more by doing it that way. So they want to do it that way. Tourist fans buy package deals. They might fly over from wherever. Let's say they fly from the stage on a package deal. So that package deal might include hotel. It might include um, the flight. It might include the, the ticket. They'll go to a stadium tour. And I was there a couple of weeks ago, and there were tons of fans there on, on the stadium tours. Uh, they will buy stuff in the club shop. You know, city, some city fans will buy knockoff shirts from, from the Far East. Um, your overseas fan, if they come to Manchester, they want an authentic shirt. They'll buy some food and have a few drinks. So, you know, someone coming to a city game might spend $500, $1,000 if they've got a flight, two or three nights in a hotel. There might be two of them coming over, you know, they can end up spending over $1,000. Your local mank, who's gone to Mary D's the pub across the road, okay, they're not spending the money on food and drink at the ground. They, they, they turn up, some of them, you know, 15 minutes before kickoff, get in the game, watch the game, disappear, go back to, have a, uh, to the boozer. They don't spend more than their season card. So sit, it's a money business. Sit are in, in, in it for the money as well. And the fact that we're going to expand to 61,000 seats, an extra 8,000 seats, means they believe that the, the um, demand is there. The demand for these extra seats is there. They know they can oversell. Um, You know what they did? Was it last season? I think we used to be uh, about fifty-five thousand stadium. They reduced the capacity by about two thousand to put extra advertising hoardings, these electronic ones, around the ground. That makes them a lot more money apparently than those two thousand fans. So uh, it's all about money, and unfortunately, we have to accept that. Mm -hmm. They didn't accept it years ago. People used to deride me, laugh at me, and. You know, tell me to shut up when I said, when it happens to you, when it starts hurting you, then you'll cry. And that's what's happening. Now what the club are doing, you know, it's hurting fans who two or three years ago might have aut- automatically been able to get an away ticket. Now it's not happening. They're crying. It's too late now.
0: OK, Bernard, well... um, the final whistle blew. I'm glad I asked the
2: question now, aren't you, Mike? I'm glad I asked that, not
0: <laughs> uh, I am indeed. But listen, the final whistle blew, and of course, um, Ancelotti was still chuntering on about that decision. <laughs> but uh, Bernard, who do you think would have been the happier manager at the end of this game?
2: Well, I think Ancelotti should have been okay, but I, I think it got to him a little bit. I think the fact, I think he wanted to, I think he, even though he'll, he'll, he'll be brave and say, obviously, we all know it's going to, obviously, the second game is the big one now. And we've both got, in theory, we've both got a good chance, but, uh, I think he wanted a win. I think he wanted a win. And we saw a bit of that with his, his animosity. And as Ray said, he lost it for the histrionics to impress the referee and make, uh, make, make different decisions. But, uh, I think he, I think he wanted to nudge that to, to, once he got a goal ahead, I thought, and the way the way the match was going, I, I think he was he wanted the win. And he watched Prats go into a two goal lead at some stage. He never got it, unfortunately. So personally, I think I think I think they're both happy, but I think Pep will be happier. I, I certainly mm-hmm.
0: am. So, um, uh, Ray, going into the second leg, uh, uh, would you do something risky like uh, City were quite conservative in this game? Would you put someone like Alvarez or Mares on? To no. try to make stuff happen or not?
1: Probably not. Uh, I would probably go with the same side or very similar. I might, because we want to be a, a bit bit more pace, I might go with Foden on the left um, or on the right. I want, I want him somewhere. But if we're going to play Bernardo on the right, I want Foden on the left. I want a little bit more pace, a bit more risk. He will take a bit more of a risk. Um, but generally, I'd keep it the same for the first hour. If... You know, and it depends on the score. I think we'll have an advantage with the crowd. If the crowd are really baying and you know backing the players, then I think that crowd will be, uh, adv- as I said, ad- ad- advantageous to us. it benefit us, and I think the team will hopefully respond to the support that we give them next week. And I hope that will help us carry us- carry us over the line. But I'm thinking. I don't really see why we need to change for 60 minutes unless we've been outplayed, unless they're having tons of chances, unless we're creating nothing. Um, My first 60 minutes is probably with the same team, except Foden instead of Grealish.
0: Same question to you, Bernard. Obviously, people like Alvarez, Mares, and Foden are chomping at the bit to get their chance. Would you make any changes?
2: As I say, well, let's we've got Everton to worry about first. Uh, let's get that out of the way first. Of course, Aki's the funny one, isn't he? If, if Aki's on the bench or gets any any sort of minutes against Everton, but uh, I'm not as anything further on that. So, I, will, I would love Aki to come back into it. That would obviously knock uh, would it knock a Kanji out or would it not Walker? You know who's gonna, who's Aki going to replace? Uh, that's the thing. But going forward, as Ray said, we we've got to go. We can't be as as Laid back as, as we are, we're at home, so we're not usually laid back. Although <laughs> we probably, you know, against Leeds, uh, it took us a bit to get going, against West Ham, it took us a bit to get going. But the crowd, as you said, hopefully, there's not too many half and half scarfs there, but no doubt there'll be thousands of them on the, on the night, unfortunately. Um, so we're gonna have, to, I'm gonna have to shout twice as loud as I normally shout to make up for, uh, for all these half and half guys, but yeah, I, I think Pepple stick more or less to that team, I don't think we know he could throw a wobbler but I can't see what wobble he's going to throw apart from, as Ray said, Foden potentially uh, if he's doing stuff in training, if he does well at Everton on weekend which is another if, you know, if Foden has the game of his life at Everton looks as though he's back to, back to form uh, I can see him coming into it but yeah, Pep's, Pep's not going to go mad, he, he might want to throw a little spanner in the works just to keep Ancelotti on his toes but um yeah I, I'm I'm confident I'm confident with that you know at least ten of those guys will probably start that game if, if they're fit enough
0: Well Ray's exactly right the next game is Everton uh what are your thoughts about that game Ray how do you well, think that will go
1: I want to win it we play before Arsenal so if we win we go four points a year again um having played the same number of games so I want to win against Everton if Arsenal playing after we play. They're playing against Brighton, who got hammered by Everton 5 on at home last week. You'd like to hope Brighton will uh, bounce back from that. Uh, And here's the thing. I want a strong team against Everton because I want to beat them. I want to keep that momentum going. We've uh, not lost for 21 games since Spurs beat us. And uh, I'd rather go into Real Madrid with slightly tied players and a win behind us than fit players and a loss. Or a draw. Because that's giving Arsenal a chance. I don't want to give Arsenal a chance. You put your best as many of your best team players out as possible. Look, we can play Foden, Mares, Alvarez and Haaland up front on uh, Sunday. And no one will be unhappy. We can bring Rico, Lewis and Laporte in. No one will be unhappy, I think, with those players. And then the rest should be the first teamers. Um, But I want to win. Because if Arsenal drop any points against Brighton, any points... We can win the league against Chelsea the following week, in effect. Mm -hmm. Our goal difference is 14 better than Arsenal. So, if Arsenal, if we beat Everton and Chelsea, and Arsenal drop points in the next two games, we will win win the title. So, why not go for it? The worst thing that can happen, and I'm not trying to put the knockers on us here, or the mockers, um, is we can end up winning nothing this season. We could lose lose against Everton, lose against Madrid, and you know, lose against United, we end, you know, we might end up with nothing this season. You know, we've got Brentford and Brighton in the last two games away from home. Don't want to be relying on two wins to win the league against, uh, you know, knowing City can go down to the last game and in the last minute. But I'd like it to be comfortable. I'd like, if we possibly can, to win the league against Chelsea at home. Um and then not worry so much about Brighton and Brentford. Rest players for the Epic Cup final. And if we're in there, the final. You know, I want to give it our best shot. That relies, relies on us winning against Everton on Sunday.
0: Well, uh, how do you see it going, uh, Bernard? Obviously, Ray expressed what he wants to happen. Of course, we all want that to happen. But uh, uh, in light of recent results, how do you think this might go?
2: Yeah, I was saying to Ray uh, early on, um, when I did the preview of the Everton game, I came up with five players who could come off, come in the team off the bench. And yeah, I was saying in one moment, I was saying, I don't want to see any more than two or three changes to that team again from Real Madrid. I don't want to see any more than two or three. I won't be happy. And yeah, I came up with five players that perhaps wouldn't make a, that big a difference. But, you know... Yeah, the footballing gods are funny, aren't they? I, I love the footballing gods. I mean, it, it's strange, isn't it? Ever, Everton's slaughter Brighton and our next game's Everton and Arsenal's is Brighton. So the footballing gods have a funny way of working and they don't always work in our favour, which is a bit silly to say when we have the 93-20 things and stuff like that. But we've got to beat Everton. It's as simple as that. If we don't beat Everton, the, the momentum going into the Real Madrid game is, is totally totally gone as well. Uh, I'm sure, you know, we can lift, the players can lift themselves up for it. But Everton, even when we beat them the last few seasons, it's it's never been easy. Look at Rodri. Uh, we're talking about Rodri Zambo. Uh, you know, we, we won that game, but perhaps we didn't deserve to win that game. And that, that was crucial at the time. So it's not going to be easy. And, uh, you know, at least for the first time, perhaps since Sean Dyches took over, Everton, Everton will be cock a hoop at the moment because they're on a high. Uh, you have five shots, on, five shots on target, and score five goals. Uh, if that happens again, so is, I'm sorry, we're not scoring six on, on Sunday. So, so let's, let's, let's hope for the best. Play our best team possible, which could be five changes. Um, and, and just win it and 2-1 with a scrappy injury time goal. I don't, I don't care, but it's a hell of a game. It's far tougher than, than Arsenal have got. And as, as Ray said, Arsenal play after us, so they'll know exactly what they have to do. And they'll be in the right frame of mind if we don't get three like, points from, from Everton. They'll, they'll be
0: in the right frame of mind to it's stop Brighton and put the pressure Ray, back. Ray, Ray that, back. Was, that was such a weird result, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, Everton against Brighton. Yeah,
1: look, look, these things happen, I think. three. T- look, Liverpool's resurgence and challenging for the Champions League has put pressure on Newcastle and Arsenal. Wow. Uh, and and not arsenal sorry newcastle and man united you saw newcastle's performance yeah. against arsenal it wasn't the newcastle that we've seen recently the, you know newcastle have won i think nine of the last 10 games or so, some seven or at the last eight um they've been really good um but now they're in that champions league spot the pressure's there loophole look you know uh, breathing down their necks you, you saw united another uh, shocking away performance at west ham and brighton who had more, had games in hand over everybody and they could have got uh, pretty close. So if, if you're talking about Liverpool potentially for the top four, Brighton were were there as well. And now they could see, for want of a better phrase, the whites of their eyes. Now they were looking down at, at this opportunity of getting into the potentially in the Champions League. They've crumbled. So it happens. Everton, you know, um, Everton are playing once a week. Brighton have been playing twice a week because they've obviously been in the FA Cup and playing catch-up on games. Um, so they were probably a bit tired than, than Everton. and It's just one of those things, and uh, it, it happens in football from time to time.
0: Uh, Bernard, I, I can't um, finish the pod without mentioning this one thing that everyone was talking about. I mean, if you're a football commentator, you've got to have, a, at the very least, a semblance of objectivity. Rio Ferdinand, after that Real Madrid goal, was just something... I've never seen before. That was absolutely ridiculous, wasn't it?
2: Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, like like a lot of these guys linked with United, perhaps linked with Liverpool, um, the, the hatred for City's all, you know, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's out there. We know it's there. Of course it is. And uh, Rio Ferdinand uh, reacted as a United fan who didn't want City to win the European trophy. Uh, we don't want to see it from a, a broadcaster, if you like, who's supposed to be giving. I don't know. Do, do they have to be? If we've got someone partisan for us, I mean, Les Scott just sat there like a wet lettuce, uh, not saying anything. <laughs> if we've got someone as partisan for us who give him stick back, fair enough. But we don't like it. We don't like Ferdinand do we? we can't stand him. We can't stand him. Since Balotelli's wink, he's never been the same guy, has he? Let, let's let's be fair about it. But it just shows. It just shows. Um, you know, it's not conspiracy. Um, no one wants us to win this Champions League apart from City fans. Might be the odd, odd, odd decent fan out there that does, but Liverpool don't want us to win it. Aston Villa don't want us to win it. Nottingham Forest don't want us to win it. United don't want us. No one wants us to win it. And Ferdinand is just a typical rag. And he, I hope, I hope, um, if he is around the ground on next Wednesday night, he, he gets not, not, not uh, a little bit of verbal, a little bit of banter. Shall we say <laughs> uh, nothing physical? But I'd love it. But obviously, you'll probably be in the studio well before most fans are there, anyway. So. Ray,
0: Ray, Ray, that's got to. That, I, I, I'm a wee bit stronger on this. I think that's a sackable offence if you're a commentator.
1: It, it, look, it, it, I'm not sure about that because he wasn't commentating at the time or a pundit. It was behind the scenes, but it is disgusting. And if Liverpool were playing, do you think they'd add Ferdinand? At the ground at the game, and he wouldn't have been um, screaming like that. The one thing about Ferdinand, I will say, and if he is at the ground, I might mention it to him. Rio Ferdinand makes the three of us look extremely handsome, uh, and that will be mentioned to him because I tell you what, you know, I'm not against ugly people per se, <laughs> but but but, but real Ferdinand, you know, I'm best off not saying anything. Else. You can make your own minds up what. What? camel
0: gob sorry camel, camel gob that's
1: uh, camel what they call him uh, well, camel chops they call him camel chops um, mm-hmm.
0: but that, of- that that was beyond the pale though ray i think it was it was too much it was too
1: much and but this is it it's all i mean you
0: you you wouldn't even see carricker doing that uh, i no, think no,
1: it's, it, look it's all about controversy it's you know they put the clip
2: out because well, was, I, tell, I tell you what you just mentioned, Matt. Sorry to interrupt, but obviously I watched it because the channel I was watching, obviously it was uh, it was uh, Micah and um, that Scouse git you just mentioned. Then go, and which, uh, very nearly, he was very nice. close to being joyous, you know, e- even on camera. Uh, it is it is annoying to watch his smug smug face, and obviously he wasn't so smug when we got the equalizer. But you know, it, it is annoying, and that's just just the level we're talking at with third the third rounds and Carrigans of this world.
0: Hmm. all right guys well i think that'll do us um it was a very very exciting game very very evenly matched i think uh city can come away with that with a lot of positives going into the next game we'll be back with you after that game of course we will be and uh listening to uh the opinions of uh, ray and bernard but i think that'll do us and we'll finish off here guys uh, thank you so much for listening and um We'll finish off in the normal way by saying, have one on us and up the blues. not the blues.
1: <laughs>